Alright, how you getting on, you will? How's, um... How's your L1? How's your L1? Up in a tree, spinning her neck still. <laughs> I mean, our one. Me and my friends, we keep saying, um, we keep quoting, uh, I've talked about him on the pump before, the, the, the Lord of Tears, the guy who dresses up as a giant owl and scares people who, uh, this is abandoned mental asylum. Um, I don't even want to see, do you, you say mental asylum? You definitely don't say insane asylum anymore. Um, the cookhouse. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, but there's this, and it's it's an abandoned asylum, or maybe it's even a children's hospital, but it's a, an abandoned thing, and photographers go because it's really spooky, atmospheric, and people take photos there. So there's people there coming and going all, you know, all the time. So this guy dresses up as an owl to scare people. And one of the lads, <laughs> one of the lads, he, he kind of entraps him in a room. He kind of walks slowly towards this room. This guy's just taking a photo, and it's like one way in, one way out, just into this room. And he traps him at the door. And one of the guys, the guy just looks at this giant owl and he says, who's that? <laughs> who's that? Who is that? Who, who is that? Who's that? And we just we keep saying whenever we're playing like Warzone and like we're getting shot from a from a <laughs> from a spot that we don't know where, where they're coming from. We're like, who's that? Who's that? Oh, you don't you see you don't make sense when you're absolutely terrified. This is why I'm really grateful that I am a beta a beta male. Um I'm not put in many situations where I ha- might have to defend my wife, my wife's honor, you know. Um because, you know, I think she'd forgive I think she'd forgive me, but I think I'd have to, you know, I I think I'd have to, you know, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know if I Thinking now of like myself in a terrifying movement, just thinking of the the instinctive action movement that I would make, I think I would put someone in front of my body to protect me. I think just you know if you think of that, you close your eyes, right? Someone there has a gun. What? Which way is your hand moving? Is it is it going out to kind of grab the gun and knock it out of the way? Is that the instinct, or is it to kind of like use both hands and kind of reach for someone, grab them each side of their shoulders and hold them in front of you? Like which one of those? Be honest with yourself. Yeah, you know, like I'm so sorry, you know, because I have to live. This is the only life I know. You know, she might not even be real, <laughs> my darling wife. I know. Uh, I would die for my family, or I hope I don't have to. You know. You know, I'd hate to be, like, I just don't want to be put in the situation. Do you know what I mean? My my instincts might belie my actual intentions, which are to be a hero. But my, you know, I can't be, can't, you know, I should, I don't feel I should be fucking held accountable for what, I, how I, you know, if I, I don't hold my wife in front of a bullet. You know, I'm not, I would never, I would never plan on that. But you don't know what would happen if you're in this situation. Do you know what I mean? Um, You know, I would, I mean, you know. I mean, if there was a bit of paper that I could sign to be like, yes, I, if, spare my wife and my child, and I will accept the painless uh, pill, you know, that, and I'll get cozy in my bed, and then, you know, wrap up, watch some Seinfeld or something like that, and then have a couple of nice last blinks, you know, if that's the case, if I had to die for my family, you know, then, and then, you know, I could do that, you know, I might do that, but... You know, the idea of being like, I would die, I would die. I don't, I, I would, I'd love to think I would die. You know, I think I would, you know. I mean, I would, you know, especially the kid, you know. But um, I think I have had, you know, there's been a couple of times that a, a car has driven by a bit fast and I've put my arm out, but like, oh, you know, Terry, watch it, oh, you know. So I'm assuming that if someone came in with a machete, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd tackle the, the, the prick. I can call him a prick. Comes in my house with a machete. You better believe he's a prick. But the idea of being like, you know, would I say I would die? I would die for this country. I don't know if I. I don't know. I mean, I. I wouldn't. I look. I remember having an argument with someone. They were like, "I would die for Ireland," and I'm like, "All right, but like, what? What part? Uh, what? Uh, yeah, that's great. Me too. But what part are you specifically talking about? Like the the Gale talks. What? What? What about it? Is you know, what? What part would you <laughs> would you die for? You know. You know, if they announced they were going to war tomorrow, I would. I remember lads saying that I would sign up immediately. Being like, "Well, so Mihal Martin 
is all like, we're going to war now. It's, you know, we're going to war. No, 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 we're not. Somebody's not, you're not coming back. Somebody's going to die. Absolutely. No. I'd be like, yeah, nah, you know, with that, you know, <laughs> just, I'd, with that, with, is that where you'd be like, you'd go off, you know? What, I don't know what part, what you know, what part of it, you know, the pints, you know, the 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 crack, like what, what part, why, why, what, how, you know? And look, that's not to belittle the sacrifice of the people that, that you know, we do, we, you know, self-governing, absolutely, 100%. The opportunity for us to make an impact, the, you know, give us the, ch- the chance to, you know, give Anglo-Irish all the cash. Let us do that for goodness sake. Let us make that. De- let us reef up all the tram tracks and then put them down wrong in, in sixty years' time. You know, let us do that. We have to. How are we going to learn if you don't keep p- picking us up, Queen? You know. Ah no, look, I don't like the Queen, um, and I'm not saying that by any means. Um, but what I don't know what you know, what part of it would you say? <laughs> <laughs> would you die for? I'm not, you know. Hey, look, comment under this. What part of Ireland would you give up your life to maintain? I'm not I'm not having a go. I just, just what part of, yeah, me too. I would also die for Ireland. What part would you most die for? <laughs> anyway, let me tell you about the sponsors of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, you gotta be living under a rock on Mars if you don't. If you're not, you gotta you gotta be living. You gotta you gotta have done a a twenty seven hours job falling into a cavern atop Olympus Mons to not be aware that myself and the young hot guys, uh, Shane Daniel Byrne, Killian Sunderman, well collectively we are all young hot guys, have made a cool, sexy calendar. Uh, under the tutelage and the wallet of the Dublin Irish Whiskey. Um, it's just an example of the kooky, kind of wacky, kind of corny uh, brand uh, and people. Hey, they're not just brands, they're people uh, who work at the Dubliner. Because they said, hey, look, this is going to sound really dumb, but uh, Killian mentioned you guys doing a calendar as a joke, and we can totally tell that's a joke, but you want to do it, we'll pay for it. And uh, we can all go to a charity of your choosing, and we'll just put it out. And we're like, fucking, yeah, let's fucking do it. And that's the sort of attitude that they apply to their distilling process as well. You might have these highfalutin scotches that taste like peat and bordnamone, a pool, atop of the Orkney Islands. People walking around with monocles, drinking a shit whiskey. But the, what the Dubliner do, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about, but I ran out of steam. The Dubliner do is they have a tasty-ass whiskey at all. And what they do is... They um they mess with it. They know they stand by their product, and they're like, "Look, we got a nice whiskey here, but we're not fucking precious. We're not a bunch of golems. What we're gonna do here is take the whiskey. We're gonna mess with it a bit. We're gonna put it in a bourbon cask, and you're gonna get the green label Dubliner with a hint of the sweetness, like a kind of a bourbon bourbon Irish whiskey hybrid. We're gonna you know mess with it and turn it into a, a bit of a honeycomb liqueur. Um, the red label make it taste like you're 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 drinking like a crunchy bar." You know, we're going to put it in a couple of beer casks. We're going to put it in a smoked stout beer cask, teaming up with Rascals Brewing Company. And then we're going to put it in another kind of ale cask, pale ale cask, uh, and make it taste like an old fashioned. Fuck a lot of oranges in with it and spices and make it taste like you're drinking the cocktail, the old fashioned. And it's tasty AF, a toff. (laughs) Not like a David Cameron kind of toff. A nice toff. Tasty AF whiskey toff. Um... And they're they're fun. They're fun, and I like working with them. And I am proud to call them a sponsor in this pod uh, for as long as that may uh, continue. So thank you very much, the Dubliner uh, Irish Whiskey. Go to the DLD.com or go to at Dubliner Whiskey on the social, where you can check out loads of photos of us recently. <laughs> it's been nice to see myself pop up on my own feed, uh, looking sexy. Um, but look, let's talk about what we're talking about today. I'm talking about aliens, man. I'm talking about aliens. I bought a book on different types of aliens, and I want to talk about it. And that's what we're going to do today on the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. It's Tony Cantwell Shit Show. And I know, and I know, and I know, and I know that the show is Tony Cantwell Shit Show. Ah, lovely stuff. Ah, the French champagne. Um, lovely stuff. So, um, yeah, what's new with me? Uh, oh, well, you might have seen. Bloody everywhere. Um, so yours truly, the bloody face of water. <laughs> they, say, they say bodies are 80% of water. Well, that means... Yeah. 
whatever you know but i'm um, just saying that uh, i am the face of deep river rock i am i am the deep river rock star that was that's the name of the role that i played deep river rock star was the name of the role on the script number one of Koshi. so you might have seen me around uh if you didn't it's no big deal you probably see me pop up eventually you know um you know bruce lee famously said be like water well i guess i took that fucking seriously because i am uh, the face he's the face of water and the voice of Dunn Stores and Clear Mobile and uh, Smithix and the M50 Toll, you know, with the body <laughs> of a rav, a big ridey man, you know. Um, so I'm delighted uh, with my new collaboration with recyclable, uh, recycled, fully recycled bottles uh, with Deep River Rock. So, you know, and look, if you, you know, hopefully you can be happy for me. Um, that my face is plastered up and down everywhere, and will hopefully get. If, to be honest, if you see any good graffiti done on my face, not to, I'm not, you know, saying that anyone should, but these things inevitably happen. People start drawing, you know, willies or nosebleeds or whatever it might be. I used to do graffiti of people's eyes uh, bleeding. I used to do not in in magazines. You know, I draw there, get a red pen and be like, oh, my eyes are bleeding, you know, and I'd be like, ma'am, look at this, ma'am, look at this. <laughs> Is she okay? And she's like, I know you did that. I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> Mom, is she okay? I know you drew on it. I know you drew on me Evening Herald. Is she okay, though? <laughs> anyway, um, so look, if you see any, um, you know, graffitied photos of me, you know, it's an inevitability. Yeah, do send them on. I'll get a good chuckle out of it. Um, so I'm happy with it, you know. Um, and it was fun to do. But, you know, you still get those bloody belittlers, you know. Oh, my God. You get people, you know, coming, oh, sell, sell out. Oh, oh, Dylan's gone electric. Yeah, yes, Tony, it was hilarious. And you really look really good, and then the suit looks great, and you look really handsome. But, why oh, fucking sell out. You know, sell out, they say sometimes. Well, I tell you, if you're calling me a sell out now, you'd be very late to the party on that thing. Because uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a fucking NASCAR. I'm the NASCAR of, <laughs> of Irish comedy. I got, you know. You got stickers coming out the wazoo, you know, but only, of course, one water, and that's Deep River Rock. Um, and um, no, but it is. Um, I, I think it's fun. I think, look, you know, you can you can begrudge things as much as you want, but I think the the only that I feel like the place for comedians right now is in the ad space between watching your you know fucking reality show of a bunch of celebrities uh, climbing ropes. Uh, and the All Ireland final. Do you know what I mean? Like the the comedy happens in between those two TV shows on RTE. Like that's where it is. You know. So to begrudge people who are in it and doing a job, that's just you know. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your lad could buy a fucking gaff uh, and another one in Mallorca just by selling strawberries uh, you know, on the fucking Dublin Road in Offaly. Do you know what I mean? By lying to every bank he fucking walked into. But things have changed, right? And for comedians, to be a comedian and even have a, a fucking iota dream of, of owning a house, right? They take <laughs> take your your profits, right? That's like the money you make after the expenses, right? After rent, after tax. And they take the average of that for three years. You have to do that self-employed for three years. That's what they take to consider you for a mortgage, you know? What else is new? Um, I've been trying to fucking... I'll be honest, look, I may as well, I may as well, you know, I've been spending too much time this week getting on to three, which is my mobile provider, trying to get access to pornography on my phone, okay? I've probably sent about four, four or five emails, and they've said, actually said no. I even sent them, I had to send them a copy of my passport. <laughs> copy my passport. I would a little note that says, please just enable me to add adult content. Please just let me look at adult content. And I'm not like a fucking, I'm not a little, I'm not a little weirdo. I'm not looking at, I'm not sitting there in the Lewis rubbing me fucking legs, looking at it. you know what I mean? But I recently got 5G enabled on my phone. And I just want, you know, no, not, I'm not saying that I want, you know, uh, oh, you know, HD. Right? I'm just saying that sometimes the internet goes. Occasionally, the other day the internet went and it was gone all day. And, you know, I'm not saying that I, look, I do by no means look at porn every single day. But it was one of those days I'm like, well, oh, fucking internet's gone. What am I going to do? And I had a freer. Do you know what I mean? So, so like, you know, and then I'm trying to, and I'm looking, oh, my, oh well, you know, ah, I have my phone. And then I was like, you know, you know, one thing led to another, you know, and, and, um, and all of a sudden I'm locked out of, locked out of, uh, porn up, you know? And I'm again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is not, that's not a fucking look. I love women. I'm, I'm infatuated with women. 
Um, I'm, I'm quoting Frank McCourt there. No, look, I so I'm not looking for you know, I'm not I'm not mad. You know, I'm not I'm not even mad. I'm not about shaming anyone. I'm not shaming anyone. Don't you shame me? But I realized that yet again, and I'm like, because this happens every time the internet goes, or I have no internet access, um, and and the mood strikes, you know, and uh, and so I've been emailing, and um, will I just give them a call? Will I actually give them a call? I might just give them a call. I might actually just give them a call and see if they can do it for me now. How can I help you? Hi. Um, sorry, I've been trying to for a while, um, and I'm sorry it's had to come to this uh, calling you up. I've been trying to get access right. to. Um, I've been trying to. I've been. Uh, I've been trying to unlock um, the the porn pornography on my phone. Um, yeah. And I haven't been able to. I've been. I've been wanting to get it on my phone for a while, and it keeps being denied. And then I put in a request, and it was denied. And I'm begin, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think that I'm beginning to think that, you know, I'm being prevented here, or something's, it's, it's been done on purpose, or something like that to kind of prevent me from look, from looking at things, almost like a puritanical <laughs> conspiracy or something. When you are a prepaid customer, it might it's locked for prepaid customers, so it might have just brought over with the prepaid. Have a look here. Yeah, please, please, if you can sort that out, <laughs> please. Worked for you. Should work, but I still can't go on porn up. It seems at the moment. Because I know what you were saying that it was locked for like prepaid for like credit phones because you know and I kind of get that because you probably think oh if it's, like, people are using credit they're probably a child because <laughs> it was you know it was pretty embarrassing me a grown man um, having a credit phone like running out of credit almost as embarrassing as be <laughs> calling up and asking you please early let me look at dirty things you know on the internet you know <laughs> just try adding I don't know why like your account comes up that is enabled for adult content so hang on uh, let me have a look. Porn hope doesn't work. It might not work if you turn it off to fault, but once they know, I'll just pop it back. Yeah. I took it off now and I take it. I Browser's it not working as well. Bangless. Lobster tube's not working now. It doesn't seem to be. It's, um. Like, it isn't even that bad that I want to look at, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I just don't see where, why it would be causing you. Yeah. You know, it's hardly dark web stuff, you know what I mean? It's like fairly vanilla. <sighs> fairly vanilla stuff. Please help me though. Please. Give it a go there now. See if I can get some stuff. You might have to turn off the device when the add on something like you need to turn it off, turn it back on. Give it a go. Ah, here we are. Porn on my screen. Right, look, thanks very much for that. Oh, you're very welcome. All the best, take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, anyway, do you know what I've been after just happening? <laughs> I had, interrupted this podcast because I'm recording this at home in my home studio now. Um, there's a bunch of kids doing fucking knickknacks on me. Me. A kid myself. I'm a kid. I'm a kid as well. I get it, kids. Look, I get it. It's gas It's gas crack. You ring the doorbell, someone goes, and then you're, you're not there. You're a fucking ninja. It's brilliant. You're like, poof, gone. You're like fucking uh, Nightcrawler. You know what I mean? I get it. It's good crack. You know what I mean? But I realise now I'm an old crotchety, an old crotchety Scrooge. Because they rang the doorbell, right? And then uh, Terry answered it and no one was there. And then I answered it and no one was there. And then they rang it again. And I opened my window of my flat. Now this is where I, you know... Opened the window of the flat, looked down where they were ringing the bell, and I saw a bunch of kids there, sitting there, sitting on the electricity box outside, drinking Fanta, right? Um, not drinking Deep River Rock. You know, they were, these were bold boys, right? Even though Fanta, it's all subsidiary, Coca-Cola, whatever, come here. Um, so then I, uh, so then I shouted, <laughs> I shouted at them from upstairs, and I said, hey, uh, just let you, one of you might be uh, leaning on the button there. Give them the benefit of the doubt. And your aunt just looks at me. Didn't say anything. He didn't even shy away. He didn't even act like he'd walk off. Young fella. Maybe 10. 
And I said, just say, like, I honestly, like, out the fucking window, like Scrooge. Like, I'm, I may as well have had, like, a, a nightgown and a cap, you know, and a, and a candle. <laughs> you, sir, what are you doing to me, buzzer? You know? But, uh, and the kid just looked at me, just stared at me, didn't flinch. And then I was like, it's just, so you just might be, you know, they're feral. You never know what might happen, you know? You might have a funny game situation on you for all you know, you know what I mean? So I was like, just, well, look, just let you know. He's leaning on the buzzer. And then I closed the window and it rang the fucking buzzer again. And I sprinted down the stairs for what? What was it going to do? Kill them? Be killed? Anyway, I sprinted down and I opened the door really fast. And I couldn't accuse anyone. And I, but, I, but I saw some kids at the bus stop looking at me. Other kids. Because I could only see one of them from where I was shouting down at them. And it could have been the other two. And they were just looking at me. Like looking at me. Do you know what I mean? Doing knick-knack. And then being there at the bus stop outside the gaff. Just sitting there at the bus stop. Just staring at me. The fucking ball. The balls of these kids. That's what they don't tell you. The bollocks of these kids. You know? I said that's a grip. But it's, I... I'd say it's the greatest thrill in the world, you know what I mean? Not only did the crotchety old fuck from upstairs, me, 34, 33-year-old man, 33, I keep saying 34, 33-year-old man, uh, shout at them, you know, but then they got him to run down, and then they got to see him stand there, look around like a gormless fool, like an old fool, you know? Well, they're, you know, big red fucking orange lips from their Fanta. So I was a bit out of breath coming back up here. But let me tell you what we're talking about on this pod. I mean, whatever. This podcast is just a, it's a bit of a mishmash of things that uh, are on my mind and things that have happened. But something that I'm, I'm down a big hole, you might even say a wormhole at the moment, is uh, aliens. I've become recently uh, infatuated with uh, the different types and species of alleged aliens. Because what's happened right now, and I'll get into a deeper thing. I might even have a pal of mine on to explain um, the current state of the U- of UFO phenomena. Because I think in the last couple of years, there's been 144 uh, cases of uh, unidentified flying objects, right? And 143 of them can't be explained by by the government by the u.s government you know um he's wrong in america you know but there's some there's been some in ireland there's been some in 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 europe but a lot of it is kind of coming to the fray right now and look if i were to put on my tinfoil hat i might say that what might be happening is and this is not look i do not believe i do not believe so much in a new world order, but I definitely believe that there are some people who are incredibly powerful who can single people, you know, initiate big change, big policy change, health change, uh, you know, uh, security change. I believe there are a select few. Do I believe still that they are interdimensional uh, reptilians from the constellation Draco? Not really. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, and I'm going to be talking about those aliens, but I want to say something about the UFO thing, and I want to get more info um, because I'd love to have someone kind of explain why the ins and outs of why a lot of this stuff has been been declassified. But if I were uh, recently, because a lot of it has become de- declassified for years, what was happening is you had governments all around the world, particularly, well, actually, only the states really. You had Canada outright say we've had a couple of things we can't explain. You've even had the, 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 the head of the Canadian military, a man who single-handedly is is responsible for um, kind of collating, would you say collating, combining, I suppose, the Navy, the Air Force, and the ground um, army uh, into one kind of military, and he was the head of that. He basically oversaw the whole thing and the merging of them all into one military, military unit. And he's said outright to Congress, or whatever the Canadian thing is, um, that there are UFOs and that there are aliens and that there are different species of aliens and that they've actually come in contact primarily with the states and they have been doing so since the 1950s and various presidents have met different species of aliens. This is what he said. This is, you know, that's insane. Like That's broadcast. You can watch that. You can watch that video. Whether you believe him or not, this man of huge amount of respect and authority um, for, for Canada said all this. But recently, a lot of UFOs and and information about UFOs and footage of pilots seeing UFOs dash through the sky and disappear and reappear. Um, And there's been people who have, you know, are just coming. A lot of people are coming forward, eyewitnesses with with, uh, video evidence backed up 
by the US government who also, you know, who basically released this information. Now, I'd, so I'd love to get a proper deep dive on that. That's not what we're getting into now. I'm going to be talking about aliens and the, the kind of top species of alien um, that people say have been in contact with humans. Um, although, from based on the book, The Extraterrestrial Almanac, of all of the alien races that have come in contact with human beings, uh, there are 82, apparently. 82 species of alien. Um, but I want to say one thing on the UFO thing that I'll probably reiterate when I have the UFO episode. But if I were to put on my tinfoil hat, okay, and in the same way that... So Ronald Reagan once said, and he meant it out of a, a kind of a state of empathy. Um, he was like, you know... What will it take for the world to actually unite on something? And he threw out an idea that said, it's almost like the only way the world would unite is if the entire world itself had an off-world adversary, essentially. If the whole world itself had to, if, if it wasn't a thing about, you know, if there was no, it wasn't Russia and the US in a Cold War. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Pakistan or India. In a you know in in a war you know it was the this planet at war with another planet, meaning that everyone would have to bury their differences because what 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 the differences would come down to would be humans. If you're a human, that's all we need to have in common to fight this adversary who want to do away with human humanity, right? So he said that, and it's not beyond the realm of possibility given that there have been previous false flag incidents. So an example of a false flag um, would be like the Gulf of Tonkin incident where the North Vietnamese, uh, I think, fired on two American ships, but the second time was complete fabrication. They, they completely made it up, and they did that to escalate interest in, in actually pursuing a, a, you know, a war uh, in, in Vietnam. Another one, I think, is in, in previous to that was you know, in, in Cuba, which actually JFK didn't sign, which was Operation Northwood, where um, I think his Minister for Defense or Secretary of State had conjured up a plan to have mercenaries as, you know, pretend to be Cubans and shoot down U.S. passenger planes and, and like, um, and you know, uh, fire on ships that were in the vicinity of Cuba, American ships. Um, and then that was shot down by, uh, by Kennedy. Um, and I, apparently, all this, all the the the, uh, I think all the info came out after when it was kind of a deep dive into the assassination of JFK. So you know, you know, all that info came out. So just you know, keep that in mind. So anyway, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that America might benefit from the idea that might present a problem that isn't doesn't actually exist to allow a policy change. So. I wonder if, right, just think about how, how, how the world, now look, I'm not even high right now, right, but think about how the world has, has changed right now. Could you have imagined, and I'm not, this is not anti-vax by any means, I'm happy to be vaxxed, I think everyone needs to be vaxxed, I think, you know, the right people have, have done the right studies, I definitely think there needs to be more open discourse about the whole thing, you know, I know that that can be challenging because you you know, you don't want misinformation. Um, but unfortunately, anyway, oh, I think everyone should be vaxxed. But could you imagine three years ago being told that everyone in the world has to get a vaccination? They have to. Otherwise, they can't go to restaurants. Like, it would be kind of... The stage of actually getting vaxxed came from a year of doing something we all didn't want to do that was a handout to get out of the situation we didn't want to get out of, you know, we wanted to get out of, you know? Um but for us to have been all healthy and fine and to be like, well, you have to get this, otherwise you can't go. You know what I mean? Like just things, incremental steps can happen. And even in a short period of time, like two years, but like three years ago, you'd be like, that doesn't make fucking any sense. I was even watching Reeling in the years 2010 and the idea that Google Maps was going to be doing Street View and taking photos of people's homes. There was uproar. People were like, don't be fucking taking photos of my home. I don't want a picture of my house on the internet, you insane? And they just went ahead and they did it. And then it's like, oh, well, now it's standard. Like, you wouldn't even think that that was an invasion of privacy. And I'm not saying that it is. It's just it's just things do change and they change quite quick. But, you know, <laughs> you know, you just, anyway, the point, the point I'm making is I wonder, 
right, between me and you. Tinfoil hat is on, right? I don't wonder, but what if? What if the revelation of all this, of this, and this could be anything, who, you know, the, beforehand they weren't even releasing this information to anyone, that there were UFOs potentially flying around. And what is a UFO other than that's something that's flying around that I don't know what it is, right? So it's not any of ours. And that's just the country speaking. It's not any of ours. That's all we know. It's not any of our any of our vehicles, right? But what if this information is being revealed right now so that it becomes more ingrained in the culture? It's more part of the, the zeitgeist that UFOs might be real. And it isn't just for kooks to talk about that. In the same way, you know, Star Wars in the in the eighties. You had to be a fucking big old nerd as an adult to be into Star Wars, you know? Comics. Reading comics. Now it's ubiquitous. Now it's everywhere, you know? Now what if UFOs is as common? And then it's like, oh, so we all have an understanding of UFOs. So now we're looking for the, the solution, you know, the actual answer. Well, what are these UFOs? And as we're trying to discover what are these UFOs, what if we get word from a transmission that says that there is a war? going to be started against our planet and we need to not necessarily you know or anything a a a a a danger off world so that means that we have to unite that means that some of our you know sovereign rights are taken away some of our travel is prohibited some of our um ability to express and to make our own decisions is somehow prohibited you know what i mean just i'm just throwing it out there (laughs) <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Um, but, you know, what if it's like, oh, no, there actually are people. I mean, could that, could that, I mean, from where we where we live, this fucking insane Donald Trump was a president. He said he could grab him by the pussy, right? There's a global pandemic. You're driving into the Aviva, getting something put up your nose, you know? And then you have to get an injection to go have a coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's just not... It, that's, that is understandable now. So the idea that, oh, there actually are people. There actually are a race of beings. You know the universe that we keep looking up, that you love, that we keep looking up at in the sky. There's actually other people. Some like us and some not not so like us out there. You know what I mean? You know, think about it. So I, I've, I've gone, uh, So what started this for me is I, I, I was watching this, um, I found this TikTok called Zohar Stargate. And what it basically is doing is it's showing um, it's showing clips of longer documentary shows on the streaming platform Gaia. Now I've not, I'm not got Gaia. Um, you can get a free trial, but for some reason just kept loading when I put my credit card details in, and I couldn't seem to finish it. So um, I haven't followed through on actually watching these. But I went down this hall. I shared someone on my Instagram because they're just batshit insane. Here's a clip of a guy saying that he was basically. A genetically engineered Hulk. And he says it just so earnestly. That he was a genetic engineered Hulk. And he was forced to fight. Essentially Ben Grimm. The thing from the Fantastic Four. Rock monsters on Jupiter. Listen to this. I was in the Hulk program for a while. I was increased in size to the point where I was at least 8 feet tall. And almost 350 pounds. Just like a Hulk. On Jupiter in particular. I remember going in and and going against what I call the rock men. You know they have like rock bodies. They're not fun to fight. (laughs) Right. Here's another one right. About um, a chap talking about how. Not only are there a reptilian breed of aliens, but there are actual raptors. Raptors? When we talk about the raptors, we're talking about a specific indigenous terrestrial species that is evolved from dinosaurs. Their leadership communicates with our leadership, hyper-intelligent. You don't see them if they don't want you to see. Kind of be kind of hypersensitive. Right, here's another one about God. Here's another one this guy is describing this insectoid type alien and he gets quite emotional about it and starts crying check this out let's go back again to the ant people the ant people have these very very thin but very strong arms and legs and then you have the face they could have a double mouth or pinchers on the face and a lot of tentacles think about how you would react to one of these could you accept them because of the way they look they found uh, multiple ant people that were somehow killed by chemicals and these beings uh, all died of asphyxiation it was really upsetting it was a uh... <sighs> sorry it's okay 
So I wanted to know more. Look, I'm of the old, I'm of the old aliens, right? I'm of the X Files aliens, right? I knew about the Greys, right? They're t- they terrify me. They still, they still terrify me. We'll talk about them. You know, we're going to talk about the Greys. We're going to talk about the Palladians, aka the Nordics. Um, we're going to talk about one of the mantis-like aliens, the the um, the these kind of ant beings. Um, and we're going to talk about um, I think the Syrians, who are also some of the good guys and reptilians, right? So we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the Greys, the Palladians, Nordics, right? So we're going to talk about two kind of human-looking aliens, and we're going to talk about um, a reptilian one, an insect one, and a grey one, right? And I'm going to tell you a bit about them based on this book that I'm reading here. Um, so let me tell you about the author of this book, Craig Cambasso. He is an award-winning filmmaker and Emmy-nominated casting director uh, who's worked on David Lynch's Dune. Um, he's worked on uh, Conan the Destroyer, not Barbarian, and Total Recall. Um, he uh, got an Emmy nom for Outstanding Casting. For David E. Kelly's Picket Fences. Um, and he... Um, apparently his mother told him that she knew when he was still in the womb he would become a writer. And he fulfilled that prophecy at the age of 26 after experiencing a life-changing spiritual awakening. And the autobiography of an extraterrestrial saga series was born. His passion is to write stories that provoke readers to think, raise their consciousness and expand their minds about creation while entertaining in Hollywood. Um, and yeah, that's all you need to know. So we're going to talk about um some of the the aliens. So let's start with some of the humans, right? Some of you might not be um too familiar with. So let's start with the Palladians, okay? The Palladians. So Palladians are apparently indistinguishable from Earth's humans, um, which is a bit which doesn't necessarily sound true because apparently they're uh, the women are between five nine and six five and the males are between six five to eight feet tall, you know. So you just see this, and the women are apparently perf- per- perfectly proportioned, uh, which whatever that means for Craig, maybe perfectly proportioned, right? That's a that's a very uh, one note view. If they're all perfectly proportioned, or are you just saying they all? Hey, everyone's great. You know, and it's like you're you're about to crack into fucking a Lizzo song. Do you know what I mean? And about everyone's perfect. I don't think you are, bro. I think you're talking about uh, Claudia Schiffers. That's what I think you're talking about, bro. Most men look like the gods of old. They're muscular. They're chiseled. But there's no pretense about their looks. Sounds like sounds like an Australian. You know, sounds like a tall poppy, as they're called over there. It sounds like a look. It sounds like Hemsworth. Let's not beat around the bush. It sounds like Hemsworth and Elsa Pataki is what it sounds like. Um. And they live at uh, the perfection of the soul within and without. Um, and they have a belief system. The, the Palladians follow the cosmic law of one. They are spiritually a spiritually advanced race that uses 100% of the brain capacity. Do you know the way you can only use 3% or whatever your brain? These actually use 100%, so it's actually realistic. They are egoless beings that have unified their heart and mind to work as one for the betterment of all universal kind. They believe that since all intelligent life has a DNA RNA code, we share a common ancestry. We are all particles of the cosmos in its infinitesimal and grand state. They practice a unified field of trust, truth, and unconditional love which reaches out to interact with every particle in the universe fabric of space and time. Well, they sound great. I mean, they sound sounds really good, you know, because I think you're being a bit biased here. I don't think you're looking for anything wrong with them. They might, they might be, they might say stuff like, you know, Tala Grai McCree Makara and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Which I've no issue with, but sometimes you can be like, oh well, it's you know, you know, like when hot people are using Irish. You know what I mean? Oh, Makara, and they say stuff like that, and they're you know, gorgeous, you know, gorgeous, you know, men saying that. <laughs> I feel like I'm just thinking of two or three people. Um, so the Palladians were one of the many human races that seeded Earth in the past. Oh, I don't like where this is going. Their genetic codes are alive on the planet today, and they feel a kinship to its people. Oh, so I don't... All right, look, uh, if you're kind of saying that, the hot, blonde, white gods <laughs> who came here and interbred with us, and that there are among us some very hot, blonde, white people, and they are the descendants of gods. And the people who don't match that criteria are not 
it's not the most racist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've got brown hair. Um, but it's not, you know what I mean? It just, you got to be suspicious when people are like, you know, the Nordics are descendants of gods. It's, you know, you know, those big tall Danes are, you know, I don't know. So apparently they're concerned with our future and they want us to succeed. They can't wait to give us tours of the cosmos and take us to their learning centers. Well, what's the fucking hold up? What's the hold up? What are they fucking waiting for? Another fucking, another reality star to be fucking president? What's the fucking crack? Take us now. Uh, Their most common healing tool include the healing pyramid and the light and and the light metallic wand. Hmm. (laughs) That sounds class. That does sound class. Maybe that's where the wand comes from. Maybe they were with the first wizards. Palladians can create physical objects from nothingness physically materialize and dematerialize, reverse the aging process, and alter space-time and reality. Um, Their race has an innate ability to control nature. They just sound fucking class. They sound like the sort of people who just show up at a party, you're really tall, they they crack a joke, but they're already so handsome that you laugh before they finish. They're really good with dogs. You know, they're really, you know, really on the level. They kind of, they're into the kind of pyramid shit, but they don't kind of force it down your throat. They're like, look, for me... My religion is this pyramid in my wand. You know, you're like, that's so funny. You're so hot. Um, One of their greatest traits that they hold dear is that they can transfer love to one another daily, reinforcing the human bond, ensuring happiness for the entire population. This sounds like you're just making shit up that you want people to be into your clown. Some people don't like hugging. You know, I'm forcing a lot of hugs on my son and he likes it sometimes, but he doesn't like it other times that I need to respect his boundaries just because uh, just because McCree does grow, you know, a lot, a lot of grow in McCree when I give him a hug. Um, does not mean for him that a lot, a lot, a lot grow does be it, 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 Acree. You know what I mean? If I can speak a bit of Gaelic for you there. Um, but there are also renegade Palladians. These are the bold boys, Nazi Palladians. Um, and guess what? They're not blonde. They're brunettes. They have dark hair, uh, or sometimes dark brown. Um, and they have, um, and they've manipulated their gene pool um, to produce warriors built like fucking tanks. It says here they are renegade. Powerful beasts, evil titans that stand between 8 and 13 feet tall. Sounds like me. Sounds like maybe that's where I'm coming from. Maybe I'm a descendant from a Norman. Maybe the name Cantwell isn't derived of that. Maybe it's a renegade Palladian. What's the story with these lads? So these are um, aligned with and work alongside the Orion Empire. Um, And even though they want to please their reptilian comrades, the renegade giants will actually someday try and wipe them out. I wonder if the reptilians know about this. How does he get the inside scoop on this? Um, is this any good? <laughs> Have I just totally just lost you? Hopefully there was enough before this for you to be uh, found interesting. So the angelic corpse, who are psychic detectives, <laughs> they monitor the thoughts of highly dangerous malevolent beings. Um, and so this is kind of like the, 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 the time variance agency, but it's the angelic corpse. The angelic corpse there's a lot of bias here i'm just saying there's a lot of like some people are very good some people are very bad you know who are you to decide what stance in the cosmic war you know you're taking do you know what i mean so what if these lads are just playing a bit close to the chest they're like all right look reptilians yes i will what do they even want to do um um, they believe in their dark undermonic laws to gain power, technology, and material wealth. They defile all that is good and righteous. Why you fucking talk with you clown? You don't even know what they're after. My bros, the renegade Palladians, don't even know what they're after, bro. Yeah, they got in tight with the reptilians because they're going to overthrow the reptilians. It's like getting a job in McDonald's and scoffing loads on your lunch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I got to overthrow the big corpse. You know what I mean? Big corpos. Um... What about what else? So renegade Palladians are building up their army in great numbers through genetic engineering so that they can someday make their move to, to defeat the Draconians. Apparently the Draconians are the fucking worst. The Draconians are the ones in like uh, John Carpenter's They Live. These are like the reptiles. These are the lizards. These are your <laughs> Lizzie eating a fucking uh, crown full of flies. So you're getting rid of them next and then the greys after that apparently on, are on the extinction agenda. So you have the Draconians. The, the draconians who are um, feed off evil, they're part of the vampire cults, apparently. 
right, who feed off the evil fears of children, right? So what? The Palladians want to do away with them. Yeah, do you know, I'd rather someone actually step up and do away with, with these, you know, um, vampire rings of the corporate elite uh, rather than you doing all fucking honey frou-frou in your fucking sphere of souls so what, you can find out the answer to no problem because you never had any problem in your life because you look like fucking Chris Hemsworth, right? So yeah, give me your fucking Tommy Wiseau-looking fucking Palladians, absolutely. And the greys, what the lads, kidnapping the lads, stuffing stuff in their mouth and up their arse against their will, you know, not to uh, kink shame, against their will, yeah, I stand by my renegade Palladian brothers. Um... And uh, what else do they do? Um, they, the renegade Palladians use dark telepathic chatter. This is so biased. This is so biased, bro. Look, I know you're an Emmy-nominated casting director, bro. But you're having a go at my bros, the renegade Palladians. Renegade Palladians. If anything, what you've done now, you've reinforced now my favorite current aliens that are renegade Palladians. Because they're doing away, whatever, they're dark, underhanded. They're doing away with the reptilian agenda, bro. Right? So let's move on to actually to the reptiles, maybe. It's, um, so so this book is, is, is in three parts. One are the, I mean, there's a shitload here of, um, of, of, of kind of human-like aliens. You've got the Syrians, the Titans, the, the Vegans, the Venusians, the Watchers, like Uatu. Right. And then you've got the um, kind of Zeta humans that are kind of almost, these are kind of the greys, you know, those kind of things. And then you've got the animal like, and these would include the um, the kind of mantis kind of beings, um, the mothman as well. And then you've got the reptilians. Let's get into the reptilians. Right. You've got the draconians. What's their whole story? So the Draconians are um, from the Draco constellation, right? Well, actually, they're from the Orion, Sirius, and Draco constellations. Their leaders actually reside in Orion, apparently. So these are what I'm talking about. These are the interdimensional. These are the shape-shifting aliens. This is the ones David Icke are talking about, the New World Order. These are the ones that he says Queen Elizabeth is descended from one. You know, that they came here to basically harvest humans and feed off their fear and jump through dimensions. He talks about this, right? It's Look, it's all... it's. It's interesting that some people believe this, you know, and other people are just interested to hear more. Um, So the Draconians are cold-blooded creatures whose skin is made of scales and bony plates. Um, They're commonly uh, brown or beige or green. Um, They are built to fight and have impressive muscular bodies. Their clawed fingers and toes have four digits and a thumb. Other subspecies have three. Males have distinct mating claws uh, on each thumb used to subdue females and induce pleasure in their mate. Okay. I thought you were going for a kind of like a fairly dick. dick. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be subduing anyone. You know what I mean? Reptile eyes are usually green or blue. Males are seven to nine feet tall and females are six to seven feet. They have a foul, pungent smell, an odor that is designed to weaken its opponent in battle or to repel enemies. Um, they are not emotional creatures like humans. So their belief system is they are staunch believers that they were residents of the universe first and that it belongs to them. They feel superior over every race, especially human, it says here. They teach their children from youth that humans are the dreck of the universe. What's dreck? I'm looking up here. The dictionary says trash. It means dreck. Um, so... Um, so they're not emotionally attached to their young. They believe that if a child dies that they deserve to. Their um, superiors are the Alpha Albino Royal Draconians. This is getting too fucking frou-frou for a casual listener here. Okay, so they want to completely rule the universe. Right, that's all. That's that's all. Oh, if only some renegade Palladians might help. The evil uh, Palladians. Look, I'm not saying that, you know, if there's a threat, right? I'm not saying, I'm not proposing an army, right? I would love to do it be, hey, the sphere of fucking souls, summer of 69, everyone's sucking and fucking rings around each other, dropping acid. That sounds great, right? But sometimes you need some people who are like, look, that's good, but I want to genetically engineer myself to be 13 foot tall and just so I can fight the pungent-smelling reptilians who believe we're the trash of the universe. You know what I mean? Um, they are hell-bent on conquest and control. They are excellent navigators of universal territories and have conquered many planets. Master manipulators and puppet masters due to their billions of years of evolution, they alter less evolved civilizations' gene pools to dumb them down and control them from afar for human food. Um, draconians alter the perfection of the human body. All right, 
Calm down. Yeah, have you ever seen a fucking renegade Palladian? So apparently they're said to rule over Earth from behind the cosmic curtain and are said to have three bases on planet Earth. Apparently what they do is they are able to shapeshift their consciousness into other dimensions, including the astral plane, and project their consciousness into a body that they want to control. They pick lower vibrational humans. How do you define fucking lower vibrational human? Um, Whose auras have been compromised due to smoking, drinking, and abusing drugs. Weed's not a drug. But I'm, I might be, I might be a threat. I might be, I might be a little prize fucking pig for these draconians. They probably see me and they're like, that's actually too easy. They might even be like, you know, there's actually no point there. He has, he's already chatting shite that no one really listens to. So us now, you know, uh, projecting onto his plane of existence probably is not kind of in line with what kind of what we're after right now. We kind of don't really want any kind of shit show fan base right now. Um... So these holes in the auric field give them a point of entrance. Okay. Get out of my auric field, right? What? Because I had a bit of a toke. You think you can invade my auric field? So apparently draconians feed off the trauma uh, of a human, and that's a sustenance that gives them power and boosts their ego. Just makes them feel good. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, at at least that didn't happen to me. Oh, Jesus, I never called uh, the teacher uh, uh, ma'am. So now this gives me power. (laughs) Have you ever called a teacher ma'am? Yeah, once. Oh, my voice just broke. Yeah. So those are the reptilians. These are the reptilian agenda. These are the ones that David Icke talks about. These are the ones pulling the string, as uh, Bella Lugosi might say. Um, why don't we move on to... I was going to do the Syrians, but I think we already have an alien one, uh, a human alien one. And I don't want to be getting too fucking frou-frou on you. Um, but the Palladians apparently are our greatest ally. So now we'll move on to the Greys. Okay, the Greys, you know. The Greys are these big-eyed, big-eyed little boys from upstairs. The Greys are a renegade group originally from uh, Zeta Reculi II that left their worlds many thousand years ago. So a short Grey's average height is between four or five feet. (laughs) Their hands are oversized and they have thin frames, lean arms and legs. Their large, dark, bulbous eyes are sinister looking and they wrap around their heads. Well, that's your opinion. I think I think look cute, look cute guys, like a little Grogu, these guys. Um, they are um tall greys are six to eight and a half feet and they have bulbous, elongated heads. Don't be having to go. Don't be having to go. All they want to do is put stuff up your arse. Um, so the greys believe in the complete service of self at any cost to any other species' free will to satisfy their needs. Hey, sounds a little like the the sounds sounds a little like the greatest predator already existing on planet Earth. Man, um, the short greys lost their spiritual nature over time from inbreeding, cloning, and the pursuit of technology, and are no longer connected to the spirit. They are desperately trying to regain that union, realizing it's a bit late in their game if they don't mend their transgressions and are doomed to extinction. Hmm. Having a bit of an identity crisis. So short greys are responsible for alien abductions against humanity in a pursuit to upgrade their race. Upgrade their race! They're lads who have can speak telepathically, can have a cigar and, or you know saucer-shaped fucking vehicles that can transport between dimensions, can you know appear disappear at the speed of light, can travel through time. Yet they want to you know fucking kidnap uh, some beer-soaked fucking chap from the fucking south <laughs> in a fucking Von Dutch cap to figure out what's in on his mind. That doesn't quite follow through. Look, they're into ass play, right? Can we call it a spade a spade? They want to know what's up the arse. Right? So against the will of humans, the greys use our gene pool to save their race that is on the precipice of extinction. Oh, so they don't want to look like that. You can keep away from them. Um, oh, okay, here we go. So you can keep away from the greys um, from by raising your own um, spiritual practice, meditation, and connection to the source and shield your multidimensional body with a self-imagined shield of the Archangel Michael. What the fuck are you talking about, you clown? What are you talking about? with a self-imagined shield of an Archangel Michael. So they'll leave our planet once the spiritual vibration has been raised to an octave that their energy cannot survive, essentially, and has an ear in italics. They cannot live where there is love. So some chap shows up here, right? And with his superior technology, I'm going to give him a big old kiss. And I'm going to be like, look, I know you're looking for the... This is not a pretty woman situation here, right? Where you're just going to do away and have have your way out my body. I'm going to kiss you, right? I'm going to break the contract here and give you a big old smooch to know that I love you. 
I love you, you grey little fucking dweeb. You fucking dying E.T. looking fucker. Do you know what I mean? I love you. I love you. Maybe someone should have told you that. Their overall technological advancements are over 2,000 years ahead of ours. See, this is what I was talking about. So this must be why they're kidnapping pissed up hillbillies. Um, the grey races, um, they use hyperspace travel in metallic um, discuses. So these are the disc boys. These are the flying saucer boys. See, it's nice having putting a face to a ship. Do you know what I mean? Because I, whenever I would draw UFOs and the saucers, I would draw the gray, a gray type alien in there. So it's good to know that there is continuity there. That it's like actually, do you know the saucers are actually for um, uh, like the Palladians? You know, no, it's the little little gray little gray boys. Um, all right, look, let me very quickly just tell you about um, these ant people. Well, actually, they're called the mantis people. Um, and then we'll. And then we'll call it a day. So mantis beings live in various interdimensional folds of space. Yeah, I don't even know if I can get into this one now. So they're between 7 to 10 feet tall. Um, and the ones in the astral world can be as large as a football field. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Um, well, you could say anything. Me and the astral worlds. I tell you, if you ever like, you know, you know you're know, you in bed with a lady. Be like, well, look, in the astral realm, it's actually much bigger than this. Um, look, it's just a bit cold in here. If you and me had raised our consciousness um, through meditation and connection to the source, um, you would actually see my Johnson as big as a football field. You, you, you moron. Yeah, yeah. You seem like a proper um, uh, astral fucking gateway to the draconians. I hope they don't slip one in. No, of course I don't do drugs. Um, so their faces are long and triangular, with large, slanted, upright black eyes, a sharp pointed beak, and two slits for nostrils. Sounds like sounds like James Woods in uh, Bugs Life. Um, their arms and legs are extra long, with three-pronged hands and feet that have pads on the bottom for grasping. They have an extremely bony uh, exoskeleton. All right, what's up? Uh, they have emotions. But because they are unable to do facial expressions like humans, some might think that they're detached and unfeeling. One would have to do a telepathic connection to their interior world to feel and sense their emotions. Yeah, couldn't be ours, mate. If you can't tell me, text it to me, bro. If you're look, and if your face can't do that, just text it to me. You don't have to be going all telepathic on me, bro. Um, they're very dedicated and serious when performing their cosmic duties above their craft, but they are also playful <laughs> and childlike, but not childish. It says here in uh, in bold. <laughs> they're playful and childlike, but not childish. Um. They are um, authoritative race, delegating duties to others aboard their craft. They communicate using clicking. I bet they attract a lot of horses. I bet they go on a field and they're trying to talk to each other. And all the horses come over, thinking that the horses have been good boys. Um, and high-pitched sound. Um, mantises believe in the cosmic law of one. Oh, that's good. That's what the Palladians believe. They love astral travel. Visiting universal temples and learning in every dimension. I'm kind of into astral travel, visiting universal temples, um, and learning in, in in every dimension. If that honestly, I'm not even fucking lying. I would never. I never hope I'm never separated from my wife. But if I was back on Tinder or Bumble, and some bird was like, I'm into astral travel and um, visiting every universal temple uh, and learning in every dimension, I'd probably be like, I kind of just want it. What's the what's the crack with that shit? What's the crack with that? And she'd tell me, she would give me any excuse to be like, oh, well, I'm just kind of, I'm love it. I'm fucking, I'm a love it. I think it's brilliant. Give me all the frou-frou. Yeah, will you add me on co-star there? See if our signs match. Yeah, I'm a Libran. Libran, sun, moon, the whole fucking moon and stars, bro. Uh, I mean, well, lady. They use crystals, which assist them when transitioning from one dimension to another. Imagine buying a little, imagine a chap, a little fucking ant boy, Mantis going into Asha, being like, have you got a nice crystal? <laughs> So look, uh, hopefully I haven't scared all of my casual listeners away with that absolute bullshit, but um, it is interesting. It is interesting. There's 82 species, and if you would like me to tap into more, I would love to. Now, what I would love to do is have a UFO expert on, and if you know anyone, or you can point me in the right direction of a, a UFOlogist who could maybe talk about some of the claims, um, I would love to speak to them. 
um, because I am genuinely interested in see if they believe it's feasible that there could be a false flag galactic incident on our hands. Um, but listen, thank you very much for listening to this. If you like this shit and you like these kind of weirder deep dive ones, keep in mind that over on the Patreon, you can get a free podcast. Well, not free. If you want to pay me the equivalent of a price a month, you can get an extra podcast every single week. Um, that's four podcasts for the price of a pint. Um, and they do kind of weird deep dive ones. Sometimes they're on wrestling. Sometimes they're on... I did a recap of the year 2010 by watching Reeling in the Years there last week. Um, I did a Rosa Tralee episode where I went to the deep dive of what the Rosa Tralee is like. It's a good fun over there and uh, people get a good kick out of it. Um, and I also want to thank the sponsors of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Go to the DLD.com or check out at Dubliner Whiskey for all your Dubliner whiskey needs. And if you like this pod, as I said, you can hear me again on Friday over on the Patreon. Go to the Patreon.com. Look up Tony Catwell over there. And there's a link as well in the description of this pod. Uh, and if not, look, I'll see you here next Tuesday. Maybe for some more aliens. Maybe for, I don't know, what the fuck. Whatever. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great job. It's a great gig. And thank you very much for helping me do it. All the best. Bye-bye. Yeah, we